Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. But I want to just build upon last Sunday because um, we talked about the mystery, the greatest uh, you know, secret revealed, which is Christ in you. And, and just how God went to such lengths to bring Christ to us and to bring what Christ gave us to us because he gave us so much. And so we're going to look at today, we're going to look at uh, a title called Alive in Christ. It's kind of boring, but that's all I could think of. Daniel didn't come up with a cool one for me, so that's what you get. But um, I want us to go to Ephesians 5 because I want to take it from this approach, and I want us to look at it from this perspective. Because, well, it says here, uh, it says, husbands, uh, for for husbands, this means love your wives. Are Are you there? Okay. Love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up, this is what Christ did for you and me. He gave up his life for us to make us holy and clean washed by the cleansing of God's word. So this is how we get cleaned up. He washes us with his word. He gives us words from God, living words. He washes us. And he did this to present us to himself as a glorious church without a spot or a wrinkle or any other blemish instead we will be holy and without fault amen this is what jesus is committed to this is not a um it's not optional this is what he's doing we are betrothed to our beloved we we need him and he needs us but he He is working in us to make us holy, to be without blemish, without spot, without wrinkle. And he's he's doing this not begrudgingly. He's doing it um, because he loves us. And he's doing it by washing us with his word. And I want us to, we're going to particularly focus on that tonight. Because um, it's powerful when we know how to do this. But I want us to, first of all, I want us to look at who are we betrothed to? Because in our culture, we don't, we don't have what um, the Eastern culture has. They, they, they arrange marriages for the most part. I don't know if they still do it um, if, or if it's becoming obsolete. But um, when this uh, was written, the word of God, what you would do is uh, families would watch their kids and they would see, okay, who's a good fit? And they would... And then they would be watching the character of each one of those ones growing up. And then the men would have to man up and be men. And so when you went to your bar, 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 bar mitzvah, bat mitzvahs for a girl, bar mitzvahs for a boy. So we, they don't have teenage years in that culture. You are a child, and then when you turn 13, you become a young man. And you, your bar mitzvah makes you, they now treat you like a young man. You begin to learn a trade. You begin to, to learn 
certain things that you need to learn as a young man. And you are being trained to be this responsible young man that is going to care for a family and a wife and, and live a life that's going to mean something. And so we've been betrothed to Jesus. And he has done a lot like we, to prepare for us. And, and let's look at it in, in Colossians 1.15. Because we forget this sometimes. We think our walk with God's about us and it's about what we need to do and what we're not doing enough of. And, and we get caught in that whole rut, forgetting that we have to remember what he did for us. And that's what we rely on. We are the wife. We are dependent. We are the weaker vessel. I'm like, oh, I heard a cringe in the room. You're saying women, women are weak? I'll tell you, we have really messed things up. And if we think we're more powerful than Jesus, we're not. And this is the parallel he is using. And we need to know that we need to be dependent and we need to rest in that and not know that it's, that it's not a bad thing, that it, we can rest in the one who's greater than us. Amen? There's a security that comes to that. And not that we lose all of our independence and we become nothing. No, we become better. We become better. And, and this is what it's about. And so it says here, this is who our, our, our beloved is, the one that we've been betrothed to. It says, Christ is the visible image of Colossians 1.15, the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and he is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. So there's nothing that surprises them, guys. We're like, you know, there's crazy everywhere, and crazy is showing up. You get to pick your crazy, right? Come on, some days it's like, okay, you know what? I'm going off of Facebook. I'm going off this because there's a little bit too much crazy and I'm just not picking it today. I'm choosing, you know, you got to pick your crazy. But none of this surprises Jesus. He, he was in the midst of all of this, created all of it. He knows what's going on. And it's, he says he created such thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he, and he holds all creation together. Amen? The only thing that's holding all of this together right now and not exploding is Christ, is the restraining Holy Spirit, restraining evil. There is enough evil, there is enough weird and demonic going on, and one thing could trigger something that could just annihilate so easily and so quickly. And it's only Jesus, and it's only the Holy Spirit restraining. 
Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. He's got this thing. He likes to be first. Right? Why? Because he is. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. So I love this. It's not just Christ. It's God, God's heartbeat through Christ loving us. It's God wanting to be so close to us that in all his fullness, he was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. What Trish was saying there in the worship, God, God desires to bring everything to himself. That's why he's waiting. And he's not poured his wrath out. He's waiting for more to be reconciled to him, to come to him. That's what it's all about. And it says here, he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who once were far away from God. Do we remember when we were far away from God? His blood just brought peace. We were his enemies, separated from him by our evil thoughts and actions. Yet now... He has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in this physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence. Thank you, Lord. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. And you are holy. Some of you are not seeing this or getting it. I just see it goes boink, boink, boink. Because we, we have the accuser telling us all kinds of faults. We have the accuser shouting all kinds of things. And we can't just rest and stop and say, you know what? It is not about me. It's about him. And he said, I am blameless and I am without fault. And if something needs to be fixed, my bridegroom is washing me with the word and making it happen. He's working on my behalf. Amen? That's the way we have to begin to see this thing because anything apart from that is striving. Anything apart from that is religious. It is a do and don't, and it's a striving, and it's a, you start condemning people because they don't measure up and this and that, and you become critical. All of that comes in. But when you walk in that grace and you walk in what, what he is doing in you, you are able to extend mercy. You are able to help others in a time of need you are able to lift amen that's what we want to do because why because we've been brought into his presence we're holy and blameless we we stand there in his blood without a single fault but this is what he says but 
you must continue to what? Believe this truth. You must continue to believe this truth. Oh, I know this, I know this. Do you know it in your nowhere? Believing is not, oh, I know it, I know it, and it's, it's here. No, no, believing is like, it's like, it's, it's who you are, it's a part of you. I believe this, and then it says you must believe this truth and stand firmly in it. How do I stand firmly in it? We're going to look at this. Don't drift away, because this is what we do. We drift. Oh, there's this that draws us, and there's this messaging, and there's these words, and there's these that are spoken over us, and there's these that people tell us, and, and, and all these things cause us to drift and drift. Life happens. And this is why, you know, we're, we do things like replenish because we drift. And Sunday, at, that, that's one thing that's good, but who, who doesn't want a concentrated dose where it's like in your face, knock this out, knock this out, knock this out. And one thing we're doing this year, it's a little different. We're giving you tools to be able to walk things out and when you leave replenish, you're gonna be able to know how to do self-deliverance, self-healing. Because in Christ, you have all those things available, but it's you have to apply it. See, as a leader, one thing that Pastor and Sheila and I have had to learn, you have to learn to lead as you are being healed, as you are being delivered, as you are learning God's truth and God's word. Leaders aren't perfect, but guess what? They have to continue to lead regardless. But if we want to lead in strength, you have to know how to dig into what God says, apply that, and allow that to be walked out in your life as you are doing. But everyone's waiting. Oh, I'm waiting until I'm all squeaky clean and perfect, and then God will use me. No. No. You, you're going to be walking this out and you're going to lead as you are doing it. But, but we're looking at tools and ways that we can walk this out and we can receive those things God has for us from heaven in a greater way because we don't want to drift from the assurance that we've received when we heard the good news. Our whole theme for um, replenishes, do not throw away your confidence for it has great reward. Your confident trust in the Lord because it has great reward. Amen? You know what that means? We can throw it away. Because he wouldn't say, don't throw it away if you didn't throw it away. And you know why we throw it away? Because we only have the capacity. We have two hands. You have the capacity only to hold two then your hands are full. What do you got to do? You got to choose. Am I going to let go of this? It could be healing. It could be bondage. It could be unforgiveness. It could be, there's so many things. But God knows how to unravel that. You let go of it, and then you receive, wow, what heaven has. Amen?
And that's what it's about, because there's great reward when we let go of those things. We throw away the right things, but don't throw away your confidence, trust in the Lord. And so he's saying here, don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. And this good news has been preached all over the world, even in Kenya, Africa right now, from little big church. And I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. And so <clears throat> let's not let these things drift away. So how do I keep them in the forefront? How do I allow this to be front and center? Well, we're going to go to Colossians. I, there's a lot in Colossians. We're, we're going to be in here today, just uh, staying in the book of Colossians. We're going to go to Colossians 2. Um, so when we receive Christ, we have to continue in him. And that is a deliberate, intentional thing that we do every day. Now, the Bible says, okay, Paul said, he said, my life is no longer mine. I've been bought with a price. And we've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. And then he said, you know, he said, um, it's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And, and it's not about a changed life. It's about an exchanged life. And if you see it that way, it's a whole lot easier. Because when we think of changed, we're thinking, oh, I still got that hang up. I still got that hang up. I still got this. How's God going to fix that? Whereas when you just exchange it and you say, okay, I, want the, I don't want this. I'm giving you this. And he gives you what he has. And God always has far more good than you have bad. Always. Always. And the word of God is full of promises, full of things that tell you who you are and what he's given you. And what's the devil want to do? Keep us busy, that we're not digging into them, that we're not looking at them, that we're not uh, meditating on them, that we're not even focused on our, the one that we're, we're betrothed to. And we're, we're drifted by all these other different things and listening to that voice and listening to what this lie is saying and listening to that and being hurt by this, this thing that came to me and that thing instead of allowing him to come in and deal with some of those things and and gently, because that's what he does. That's what, because why? Because he's, he's going to be married to us. He comes in and he's like, I, this is a, an area that's hurting you in your heart. I don't want this for you. And he wants to, and if we slow down and take that time and allow him to come in, he can speak to that area and he can say, look, this, this lie, this was a lie. But this is what I say about you. But we're not stopping so many times to even hear what he's saying to us. We're just busy. We're just chasing. We're just, and he, and he, he wants us to remain in him. So that's, this is, and the word of God encourages us to, to do that. In Colossians 2, 6, it says this, and now just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, how many have done that? You must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. So let them grow down into him. In other words, 
It is important what he says about me. It is important what he thinks about me. Not what everyone on Facebook thinks. Not what everyone else and all the validation coming from all these other things, your mother, your father, all these different things we, we so many times are looking for. No, let it go deep in him. What does he think about you? What does he say about you? What does he want you to do? And it says, and let your lives be built on him. Amen? Let them be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. And I'll tell you, you will. And we're going to look at some of these. I'm going to get a hand these out. These are just ones that I found. Um, they are who I am in Christ declarations. Yeah, just hand them out. Or just, or you could pass, like, get everyone to just. Anyway, um, because, and, and I want to encourage you, maybe even take your devotional time and just look at some of these. Because these are, are things that the word of God says they are yours. And we need to sometimes just be washed in the word. And maybe you already have something where you're doing that, and that's great. Um, this is just an encouragement if you don't. Because, and we don't, we're not going to read all of them now. I'm, I'm going to take us to a few of them, but um, we're going to just, the, the principle is we want to hear what he's saying about us. And, and I just picked a few. There's one here that says that, you know, I am a citizen of heaven. And this changes your whole perspective, guys, when you start your day. Because a lot of times we're, we're, we're so earthly bound and we're so earthly focused, we're not realizing my citizenship is in heaven. I'm actually, you know, two, two deaths there uh, last week. Um, it gets you thinking again, you know, where we're going. And it's a great thing. And... We are, there's great reward that we're going to. And we got to keep it in perspective and when we're living this life and, and let's make this life count for God. Let's, let's bring as many people as we can with us. Amen? We have got good news. But when we look, walk in that reality that my citizenship is in heaven and it was a much easier citizenship to get than uh, for me, I had to get the Canadian citizenship. I was, I was American. So, um, you know, you have to go through all kinds of stuff. Mustafa, it's a little more challenging for him getting his Canadian citizenship. He's got to learn English and all kinds of different stuff. But um, our citizenship in heaven is instant. As soon as the blood of Jesus is applied, and we get entrance to the family of God and our home is in heaven people are like oh I got my own house there well Jesus said I'm preparing I have many rooms I think we're all bunking together guys <laughs> so those that are going on replenish we're just practicing that's what we're doing we're practicing and uh, <laughs> interesting things can happen when we do life together but um, it, it's this whole independent spirit. But you know what? In most cultures, 
family is a huge, huge dynamic. Everyone works together, and everyone, and and I believe that heaven's going to be like that. We're going to be one big family. It's going to be fun. But our citizenship is there. And there's something about that when you just understand the reality of that. Earth doesn't have a hold on you anymore. It just It's like, you know what? I'm here. It's temporary. I'm actually a missionary. I'm not, it's not my home. There was a missionary that came home from uh, a hard country. I can't remember which country it was, India or somewhere. And he was on the ship. This was in back in the 1700s or somewhere. I can't remember the name. I'll just remember the story. And he came back on the ship, and there were a bunch of um, other people that were coming back on the ship that had done something over in this other country. And there were huge crowds for this big group that was coming on the ship with this missionary. And this missionary had spent his whole life, and he was coming home to as an old elderly person and was going to end his last years back home. And he was coming in, and everyone's clapping for all these people that are coming on this ship. And he just kind of sighed to God, and he just said, like, God, I gave my whole life for you. I served you. I poured out my whole life. Like, where's my crowd? Where, where are those that were cheering me on? And God's little gentle voice just says, you're not home yet. It's all in perspective. Our citizenship is not here. You know, there was a man who uh, heard the account of him. He, he died. He had a death experience where he, he literally died. I don't know how long he was dead for. But he came back to life. But when he went to heaven, he said the person that got him saved was there to greet him. And then the person that got that person saved was there. And the person that, and it was, it wasn't just his family. It wasn't just, it was all of them too that he knew. But he specifically, it was all those ones. It was the ripple, the ripple, the ripple. See, we don't realize, like, God is, he works in every detail. And, and he does, nothing gets missed. Everything builds on the other. And so heaven, how many are excited to go to heaven? Because that's where our, our real home is. Here's another one. I'm born of God and the evil one cannot touch me. Anyone who is born of God. Oh yeah, he messes around with you sometimes. He tries to knock you down, but he doesn't knock you out. You get back up again. How many remember Weeble Wobbles? Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. You can just... You can do them however you want with them things, and you can never get them down. They go, boing, boing. That's us. We're born of God. The seed of God's word is in me. It's been planted. It's been engrafted in me. And yeah, things get, can get dark, but it doesn't matter. It explodes through that darkness. Why? Because light expels darkness. It expels it. And so we are born of God and the evil one can't touch us. And we got to remember that. And I've walked in dark places. I've been overseas in some pretty dark situations. 
I was in Albania. And I had to walk into some pretty dark situations, getting money from some pretty shady situations. Why? Because it was corrupt, corrupt, corrupt. And that's what you had to work with. And I got a money belt of $15,000 around my waist. And I'm hoping nobody knows. And, you know, I got to go exchange this money in an alley because they won't use American money. And I'm just hoping this guy doesn't take me out while we're doing this. And just lots of dark situations. I can go on and on and on and on and on. But I'm born of God and the evil one can't touch me. And not that I'm walking into those situations like a dork. There, there's times you just, there's, you have to just do. It's what's in front of you. It's like, this is my best option. <laughs> Let's go for it. <laughs> so, anyone who wants to go on a mission trip with me, it gets exciting. <laughs> but you got to know you're born of God and the evil one can't touch you. But I know that. And you know what? I didn't know that. I came from a home where I was rejected. My father rejected me. I did not feel accepted, feel protected, feel like I was safe for most of my growing up life. I fought for everything that I needed and fought for so much to be able to, because that's just what I lived under. And I never had a confidence that the evil one wouldn't hurt me. I was always vulnerable, always scared inside, always. But I exchanged that. I made an exchange. I said, no, let's, we're trading this in. Yeah, I'm getting an upgrade. Yeah. I'm changing this. But I'm, see, I'm not changing this. I'm exchanging making an exchange all I'm doing the one right under that one I'm blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing I'm blessed I am blessed in those heavenly realms every spiritual blessing is coming towards me I'm not trying to get something to happen I am blessed because of what Christ gave me and I am blessed in those realms. And it just comes to me. It comes to me. Why? Because I'm ready to receive it. I'm not saying no, and I'm not be too proudful to receive it. I am asking God, and, I'm, I, and I, I'm accepting it. And I wasn't always like that. It was hard. I remember when, when Pastor Sheila and I were first uh, started at ministry. We were 19 years old. We were living in South Carolina. We are two 19-year-olds, just got married, hopped over the border, and uh, decided we were going to go work at a street mission in Charleston, South Carolina. Now, Charleston, if you know Charleston, Charleston is where the North and the South and Gone with the Wind was filmed. If, and it's, it's very much the blacks and the whites and that whole era of really extreme prejudice. And so we were white trash in the black ghettos. We worked in a street mission in in that area and um, so but living in that 
I was going to bring something out and I forgot. But we had that, we, oh, this is what I, what I was going to bring out. We, we had to believe God for everything because um, we did. And so um, we had a wonderful church, wonderful pastor, and this church helped us in tremendous ways. And I just had such a hard time receiving. And it was like, because I wanted to be able to go get a job, but every job I went to go get, like I went, I got a lawn maintenance job, and we had a drought. And so after two weeks, there was no rain. So that job was gone. Then I got a maintenance job with the guy, and it was going to be him and me in his van, and we were going to go do maintenance on these apartments. And what does he do? The next day he gets in an accident and smashes his van. So that job's gone. Every job, it was like, I, I don't know. I, actually, it was God just kind of saying, you're going to learn a lesson here. And so anyway, um, I finally got another job. It was at a paint company. We were painting houses outside in 120 degrees Fahrenheit weather because uh, this is American and 100% uh, humidity. What, that was wonderful. And I was a bone rack, okay? I, I was bony maroney. And so this little bean pole was like painting outside, sweating like a pig. And anyway, my pastor had to drive me because our car had broke down. Our wiring harness had caught on fire. Okay, it just gets better and better, you know. And, and so we're waiting to get money to be able to get that fixed. While we're waiting, our pastor says, I'll drive you to work. Well, it's not a 10-minute drive. If you know Charleston, it's a huge city. It's a 25-minute drive to get to my house, probably another 20-minute drive for, to get me to work. Then he has to pick me up from work and then take me home. So he does this. And then we ran out of food. And the church, you know, multiple times had given us food, and they were so good that way, and they helped us. But we had run out of food, and I got into the car that day, and he looks at me, and I had no lunch. And he goes, um, you have no lunch? I said, yeah, I'm fasting today. <laughs> the Christian answer. <laughs> the spiritual answer. And he's like, are you fasting because God told you to? Or are you fasting because you have to? <laughs> That's a good pastor. So I told him I'm fasting because I, ha I have to. And he's like, you know what? He says, you have a mouth. And you need to ask. He says, you know what? You are proud in your giving. Everything you do, there's a pride in your giving because if you can't freely receive, you can't properly freely give. You have pride in your giving and God wants to rip that out of you. See? These little things that are in life, they just sneak in and it, they, they, they try to get in there but life brought that out and thank God for a pastor who was able to speak the truth and I'll tell you I got rid of that that day and I do not have a problem receiving now 
I allowed God, I made an exchange because I realized one thing, and one other time, this was before that, is what God was trying to get my attention. Someone wanted to bless me. I said, no, no, I can't receive that. I can't receive that. And they said, don't steal my blessing. We think, oh, 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 I don't want to receive my thing. Oh, it's like, no, that's about you. It's about you. Receive. If someone gave something to you, receive it. Freely receive it. Thank the Lord for it. And, th- and as we live life for him and he teaches us and we grow in these things, it's exciting. It brings freedom. Amen? Because now I can freely receive it. Yes! I love it. No guilt, no shame. I'm just like, thank you. (laughs) So if you want to give me something, I'll receive it. (laughs) But I also love to give. And we do it all the time. And it's fun. Because freely you receive, freely you give. Freely you receive, freely you give. Freely you receive, freely give. Another thing it says here, and these are just a few, but if you just take a few of these and just every day just meditate on one, just fill your mind with what, what, what Jesus thinks about you and what he's given you. I'm the, I'm the salt and the light of the earth. He's made us that. Everywhere I go, salt. I love cooking, and so you got to have salt. If you want good food, you have to enhance it. These people, oh, I don't eat salt. Get behind me, Satan. (laughs) I mean, it just enhances everything. It just elevates it. It just brings life to it. It preserves. Salt preserves. In Newfoundland, we had salt cod, and they would just paste the salt and dry it out in the sun, and, and it preserved this stuff, and it could last for a long time. But salt, it, it brings so much. And that's what we do. When we come into a situation, we can enhance what God wants to do and bring good. We can, bring, we can preserve things that need to be preserved. And we're light. Who doesn't like a light coming on in a room? Who likes groping in darkness? My, my wife, I don't know why she does this, but we front door of our house, the light right, switch is right there, but she will come in if she's in front of me, and she doesn't turn the light switch on. She's just you know, taking her boots off in the dark and doing it all in the dark. I'm like, I don't understand it. You know, I'll flick it on, but like, it's like, let's be light. Let's turn a light on in a room. That's when it gets dark in a situation. Remember, we're the light. And I'm very mindful of this. And we need to be when we're in situations in life and we're going through. When, when it gets dark, how many have been in a room and it gets dark? And the conversation can get dark. And the circumstance can get dark. What do you need to do? Turn on the light. You need to remember you're the light bulb in that room. And, okay, Jesus, what do you want to do? You are the light. You are the light. You are the light. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? I was in a, a gas station. This just popped in my head. but um, And this guy was, uh, uh, I was going to pay for my gas, and this guy was 
um, looking at the sunshine girl in front of me and talking to the girl at the cash register saying, oh, isn't she beautiful and going on and on. I could tell she was uncomfortable, obviously. And, um, and I'm, I'm behind them. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of not good. And I'm a light bulb. So what do you want me to do to turn the light on in this situation? So I didn't want to condemn the guy. And I just didn't know what to do. But I was like, God, I know I'm light. And I know and I, that's all. That was my prayer. I just, Holy Spirit, like, what do you want me to do? And all of a sudden, he turns back at me, and he goes, well, what do you think? And it came out of me without even thinking. I said, no, thank you. I've got my own sunshine girl at home. And I kind of just showed my ring. And he kind of went like this. And the girl goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it killed two birds with one stone. Now, I am not smart enough to think that up, okay? No, but I'm light. I made an exchange, and this was my exchange in that moment. I'm just, I'm me, but I'm me, but I'm light because you've made me light. So I'm exchanging my inadequacy for your light. What do you want to do? It's an exchange, guys. We make it so hard. It, it offends our mind. It's so easy. And this is where we get tripped up. Life is not that hard. We, it was not made to be hard. Jesus said, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Those are the things he's constantly doing. But I have come what? I've come to that you're going to have the 12 rules that you need to follow and all these principles that you need to do and you need to measure up to this and you need to do this and you need to do this. Is that what he said? No. He said that you would have life and that you would have it more abundantly. That's on the list. We're promised an abundant life, a full life. That means the best marriages. Amen? Another one, I have been chosen and God desires me to bear fruit. God chose me and he said, this life is going to bring forth good things. Good things are going to come out of every one of you who have chose Jesus. Because when he chose you, he says, now I'm going to, there's going to be good stuff that just starts coming out. Some people are like, oh, I just, I, there's nothing good can come out of me. That's not true. Jesus has so much that he's put in you that is good. And he wants to bring it out of you. There's gifts and there's talents and there's abilities. There's all kinds of things he's put in you. And then another thing in this list is that I am the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. And we got to remember that. Like, the Holy Spirit dwells in me. He literally is in me, wherever I go. And that's why, how many have had a situation where you feel grieved when something's happening? It's like, oh, that's the Holy Spirit in you, because he's a person. He's grieved. 
How many have had where he's wept and over, and he just started weeping, and it's like, and the Holy Spirit, because he lives in you, he weeps over situations sometimes, and sometimes he gets mad, and he comes out like a warrior, and there's Kung Fu Holy Spirit. No, he's not Kung Fu, <laughs> but... <laughs> But he definitely, and he is like a warring spirit, and he comes. I'll tell you, I felt that warring spirit in our Israel service. I felt that spirit of might, that, that fight. I was like, oh, I love that. I love that because God fights for his people. He's fighting for us. Amen? The Holy Spirit is not a pushover. And so... When we got to know that when we're walking with the Holy Spirit, and he, we are his dwelling place. There's so much he's doing. And we can go on and on. I love this one. I can understand what God's will is. That's probably the biggest question. Two big, the two biggest things I hear from Christians that I find are the two top. How can I know God's will? And how can I hear God's voice? Probably those two are the two biggies. And both of them are super duper easy. So easy, we mess it up. We overcomplicate it. And we're, we got to just learn how to live it out in a practical way and allow God to live in us that way and be confident in that, not be wondering, oh, did I miss it? Did I did? Did it? Did I? Did I? Did I? Did I? Did I? No. And so these are the things, because this is what Paul encouraged us with. Let's go back to Colossians. After uh, it says here, um, and you'll grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thanks, uh, thankfulness. Then it says, don't let anyone... Yeah, this one. Yeah. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from YouTube and Facebook. Come on. Let's Google it. Let's ask the Google gods. They know. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are what? Say it together. Complete. Oh, no, what, what about this? I'm missing this. I'm in. No, no, you're complete. Say it. I am complete through Christ. That's the only way I'm complete, through my union with Christ. I have to stay close to him. My exchange with him makes me complete. Who is the head over every ruler and authority? In other words, he goes boink, boink, boink. What, this thing's in your way? You're under me. We're here together. Boink, just flicks it off. Why? 
because he has all the power and all authority over that. And when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not with, by physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to, to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave us all our sins. Amen? He forgave all of them. He canceled. Look at this. For all of us that have records, come on, and we keep them, right? It says here, he canceled the record of the charges against us. Canceled. And he took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual authorities and uh, powers, uh, rulers and authorities, he shamed them publicly by his victory over them in the cross. Amen? That is what we have. And that's what we always have to go back to, guys. We run to the cross. When you fail, run to the cross. When you don't know what to do, run to the cross. It's all been canceled there. If you picked up something and, and went back to something and drifted and strayed, come back to the cross. Forgiveness is there instantly. Come back to the cross. It's canceled. It's done. And then make the exchange. This is what we, we, we do so many times. We come to that place, but we don't make the exchange. We don't literally get something that he has for us. This is why I'm asking you, dig into some of these. Let him speak to you on specific things that maybe if something resonates to you, it's like, oh, that really speaks to me. You know, when for me, with my father, what broke it over that with my, my father in that whole situation? Because um, I never could do enough. I was just dealt with rejection, dealt with not being able to have a hope in a future. Just it was bad. And it just was over me and I was in Bible school and I was wanting to live for God and I'm like what, like how do I do this in Jeremiah 29 11 that one verse for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord I know the plans plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future and I'll tell you when I first read that verse it went boink I'm like, I know, yeah, sure, boink. And I just had to keep saying it. No, I, you know the plans you have for me. And I had to keep saying it until I actually believed it. And this is what you have to do sometimes, guys. It's not going to just float in the room and just like float to you and like wiggle into your little heart and just, I'm going to live here now. No, you got this demon that's lived there or this lie that's lived there it's like ha, 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 ha. I've been here your whole life and you've accepted it your whole life 
You got comfortable with it your whole life. But I had to say, no, no, God. I am going to doubt my doubts, and I'm going to believe your word. You know the plans you have for me. Sure, I don't feel it, and I don't really think you do, but I'm choosing to believe that you do. And they are to prosper me and not to harm me, and plans to give me a hope and a future. And you know what started to happen in my life? God started just unfolding things, unexpected favor, and things just started happening. And I'm like, I was getting mad. I was like, why do you keep loving me when I'm like, I'm messing up and I feel like I'm not doing enough and I'm not doing it right. And he made me go into things backwards and I still got blessed. And I'm like, and I didn't do anything. And I was getting mad. And he was trying, trying to show me, Greg, I've got plans to prosper you, not to harm you. It's not about you. You can stop doing that now. You don't need to prove yourself in life anymore. But you know what? You have to dig a little. We have to get in there on these things and stop just letting ourselves drift, but take something. So what I want you to do, I want you to find your elephant in the room because we all have them, right? There's an elephant in everyone's room. There's something that's like a giant or something, right? Can we all identify with that? There's either a lie or there's some, it's some challenge or something that you feel like is overwhelming or it's just huge. Take that. Give it to God. Dig and find out what God says. Find out what he's, and make an exchange. Can we do that? This is our ministry time. You know, it's not hands on the head. That works. But sometimes it's just us grabbing hold and saying no. God, I've got something. I need you to deal with it. But coming to him with honesty and saying, okay, this is, this is the issue. It could be fear. It could be, I don't know. Everyone, it just, the heart is so complex. But if I can have the words. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.